Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Get in the know, non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. Here we go. Let's get a quick spin. Let's get a spin. Let's get a spin. Let's go. Let's go. All right, you got to get it oh, in. Oh, Minnesota Vikings. This is easy. Mike Zimmer wants a guy that's polished. How about Jalen Phillips from Miami? This is a polished technician with outstanding athleticism. You put him opposite Daniel Hunter. Look out. You know, when I think of polished technician with outstanding athleticism, I think of Judd Zolgad. <laughs> That's right. Who doesn't, as I turn my mic on, when you think of professional <laughs> broadcasters who know where the on and off switch is for their mic, you think of Judd Zolgad. Oh, man. The seamless uh, transition into the world of podcasting. We know you at least have oily hips, which is why uh, we uh, love we, you. I don't show. want to talk about that. All right. Purple Daily presented by TCL. Enjoy more of what you love with TCL. We've got a special guest on today's show, Tyler Fornes from Climbing the Pocket. As the four of us, including our executive producer, Declan Goff, are going to jump into another mock draft simulation, a four-round mock draft simulation with trades where we are the Vikings front office. Thanks to our friends at thedraftnetwork.com. So we'll introduce Tyler in a second. But uh, Declan, why don't you tell the audience, if this draft doesn't go well for you right. in the Vikings front office, you're going to have a lot more time to golf, I'm guessing. Yeah, right? I, I would highly recommend, uh, and Rick Spielman might want to honestly pick this up too if this doesn't <laughs> go according to plan. Uh, he might want to check out the PGA Tour Superstore in Minnetonka and, and hit up my guy, Ian. He was my swing my swing specialist. I hit a bunch of club heads and shafts. I was on the monitor. I, Ian might want to distance himself yeah. from that if it doesn't go well for you. That's though. true. He stands back from a safe distance at least, um, but I, I would like to see the apex and the spin rates of, of of Spielman's balls versus you know maybe uh maybe a, a Barrymore or or any type of offensive lineman the Vikings could be targeting here <laughs> you should go to the PGA Tour Superstore it's the van fitting experience at the PGA Tour Superstore in Minnetonka right on boys I want to mock mock Tyler Fornis what's going on with you man are you pumped a week away from the NFL draft Oh, I am a combination of pumped, exhausted, and ready for it to be done. (laughs) The whole process is incredibly fun, exhilarating, but it's a grind, and we're getting so close to the end, and then you just kind of get to see all your work come together and players get homes, and and then you get to start for next year. So you do a ton of studying, and you watch film on players well beyond the first round. You have all seven rounds covered. Uh, we like to dabble in the draftnetwork.com and do our own simulations. We've done a handful on this show. 
Be honest. How many full or partial mock draft simulations have you done for the 2021 draft? I did a lot more last year. This year, I've, I've mainly just been focusing on the Vikings. Um, on our YouTube channel for Climbing the Pocket, we do a Mock Draft Monday show, which you were a part of, Phil. And we've done about 15 of those. I've only written one full first-round mock draft, and I've done a bunch of just general simulations to try and get a feel for where guys can go. And it's that this simulator is just a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so. My biggest question before we start here, and, and just so we can lay this out for the audience, um, we've got the visual up on our YouTube page here, Purple Daily YouTube. Click subscribe. Thank you. Help spread the word about this show, Daily Vikings Entertainment. Um, but I think what we'll do is we'll we'll start the draft. We're going to get trade offers coming in, and and so we can then pause this draft as we go along and have discussions about how it's playing out. Like, Judd, we've had a couple instances in these simulations where either Trey Lance or Justin Fields has fallen to 14. There was one where, where Kyle Pitts fell yep. to 14, and, and you're left to make a and decision. And we didn't take so. him. Yeah. Because <laughs> we were insistent on trading back. Darn it. I nearly quit the our, show. Our goal was to trade back. We wanted to trade yeah. back just to see what would happen. It was great. So as you sit here, Tyler, before we click start on this and actually go through it, um, if you're the Vikings at 14, it's hard to pinpoint a player because there's so many things that could happen. But what is your general strategy going in with the 14th pick? And what are you sort of what are the different things that you're preparing for? Probably the biggest thing I'm looking for is at 14, am I going to get an impact player? And kind of with where the Vikings are right now, Rick Spielman, I believe, is going to draft an impact player for now rather than a projection. And I think the guy you would end up picking at 14, assuming we stay there, which let's be honest, we probably won't. Uh, I think he's going to take a guy who maybe has a ceiling of nine instead of a guy who has a ceiling of 10 because he, that impact player is something that they need now uh, more than in past years. So let's do this, boys. Let's fire this up here. I'm going right. to click. Uh, and Declan, you go ahead and, yeah, there we go. There it Bring it to life with some football music. We're going to click start the draft. And I'll hover over the pause button here. So, obviously, Trevor Lawrence going number one to Jacksonville. Justin Fields. Whoa, okay. What, what's Justin, this thing doing? Justin Fields just went number two to the Jets. The computer's gone rogue. <laughs> what's happened to the computer? Doesn't it know Zach Wilson's going two to the Jets? I mean, look, these things these things happen sometimes. I think there's a 98% chance it's Zach Wilson, but let's let's just stop right here. Justin Fields just went number two to the Jets, boys. Tyler, floor is yours. <laughs> I think when you talk about Justin Fields, he tied for my number two quarterback in this draft. The guy can make every throw to all levels of the field. Uh, there, there's a rumor that he only made seven throws past his first progression. Well, anybody who says that is telling on themselves because when you watch the guy play, that, that offense that Urban Meyer in, inspired the Ryan Day runs, they make progressions all the time, ton of option routes, and he's standing in the pocket waiting for things to develop. Fields is a phenomenal football player. And if Zach Wilson didn't make throws like Patrick Mahomes, I think he'd be the clear-cut number two guy in the NFL draft. And so now San Francisco's probably sitting there thinking, "Wait, what? Wait a second. We haven't even we haven't even watched any Zach Wilson film because we were, it's just been Mac Jones. Everyone just thinks we're going to draft Mac Jones, and now now this is weird." Uh, okay, let's resume the draft. See what happens. San Francisco on the clock. They they wow. Okay, they wind okay. up taking Mac right. Jones number All right, Tyler, three. <laughs> give give me the goods what? on Mac Jones. Is Mac Jones Mac Jones strikes me as the quarterback draft smokescreen. Oh, we love Mac Jones. Yeah, and he's been sort of forced up. Um, I'm not saying that he's not a first round pick. Okay, 
But I am saying I have serious reservations about him being a top five to ten pick. How about you? I have a reservation with him being a first round pick. Yeah, okay. He got yeah. a third round grade from me. I he's fine. Uh, he's not athletically impressive. He doesn't know how to drive the football. You watch uh, some of his throws, and he's throwing out routes, and they're dropping like a couple yards before the wide receiver. He does throw a beautiful arcing deep ball, which gets people excited. But mm-hmm. that Steve Sarkeesian offense he ran at Alabama was incredibly friendly. Guys were wide open in space, and he's throwing to multiple first-round picks at receiver. Najee Harris in the backfield, great offensive line. Uh, it it worries me that he doesn't have those dominant traits, which is why I wouldn't touch him in round one. It kind of feels like sometimes GMs and executives get tantalized by the deep ball and how big a guy's arm is, and those things are obviously important. But I need a guy who can do a lot of things within the first 15 yards and in the pocket and line of scrimmage. And so if if big arm and down the field is like the number one or two reason that you're going to draft a quarterback, sometimes I think you should pump the brakes. He, Let's click play. He strikes, me, he strikes me as a top 10 pick in 1994. That's exactly. what and his body looks like me. Like without a shirt on, he looks like me. It's like, dude, it's 2021. Get in shape. Or All right, Judd, you're gonna have, you're gonna have, you're gonna have to take your shirt off and do the Tom Brady pose. No, now. No, 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 nobody, no, no, no. We do not bring guests on this show to subject them to my gut. That's not right. fair. Tyler didn't do anything wrong. Yes. No. Uh, All right, no, Kyle. No. Kyle. Pitts. No one sees it. Wow. Judd just keeps a t-shirt on in the pool and around his own uh, home. Okay, oh, Kyle Pitts right, do. going Sorry. to Atlanta. Jamar Chase mm. instead of Panay Sewell going mm. to the Bengals at five. Uh, let's keep going here. Dolphins on the clock at six, making their selection. Micah, ooh, the, uh, the, this draft is weird. Okay, so Micah Parsons, linebacker, going to the Dolphins at six, and then Panay Sewell going to the Lions at seven. So this is probably... The weirdest sort of off-the-wall first six picks we've seen so far with Zach Wilson still on the board and Micah Parsons going way higher than most mocks have him. Tyler. Well, I'll tell you this about Micah Parsons. There is some off-field stuff, which I won't go into, but it's pretty easy to find with a Google search. But Micah Parsons fits exactly what Brian Flores wants to do. Incredibly uh, hybrid-type player, can rush off the edge, can play outside linebacker like Kyle Van Noy but he's probably best as a middle linebacker. That versatility in a hybrid style defense is absolutely perfect for what Flores wants to do. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's on the board in the middle of the draft, if they trade back up from 18 to go get, to go get him. How good? Right, let's keep quick, quickly. How, how good is Sewell in your mind? And is there a, does there come a time where he drops to a certain point where, it might cost you quite a bit, but it would be um, smart of the Vikings to look at trading up because he strikes me as the one guy who, if you're Spielman, you might say to yourself, if we can get get up to get him, it might be worth it. I think Sewell's the second best player in this class. At 18 years old, he was dominating guys in the Pac-12. His movement skills for somebody's 330 pounds are just astronomically good. One of the tough parts I have about trading up in this draft for an offensive tackle is it's loaded at offensive tackle. And you can get Christian Derrissaw at 14, or you can trade down and get a Tevin Jenkins or Samuel Cosme, and you can get a high-quality starting left tackle without giving up any draft capital. So if it was an average tackle draft, I would probably trade up in a heartbeat. But with the depth, it's it's really hard to sell me on that. All right, let's keep going here. Let's, let's keep our eye on, as we get to 8, 9, 10, 11, 
just the range that make might make sense for the Vikings to trade up here uh, if that's in the card. So Panthers on the clock here at 8, and they take Rashawn Slater, so a run on tackles here. Zach Wilson then goes 9 to the Broncos. <laughs> I'm going to pause it again. We'll, we'll go a little faster once we get past the Vikings pick and then into the second, third rounds, etc. But uh, so... So the so four quarterbacks off the board in the first nine picks, and it's not shocking who the four quarterbacks are. The order in which they went is weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, I'd like what I'd like to know here from Tyler is if you're the Vikings, is there anyone between ten and fourteen that you would consider trading up for right now? Where you're like, oh man, this guy's available. Could we could we sneak up a couple spots and get him? See. I don't think they're going to do it, but I would probably trade up for Trey Lance. Or if you really just want to kind of ride out the uh, Kirk Cousins wave, you go up and get Jalen Waddle. Waddle's my wide receiver one, and people unfairly compare receivers to Tyreek Hill, but Jalen Waddle plays exactly like Tyreek Hill with the same kind of speed. He's a game changer for your your offense. And imagine having Waddle just run deep down the field, and then all the space Thielen and Jefferson will have underneath it. It would just be filthy. Are you are you saying three deep? Is that what you're saying? Three deep. Let's go. I love it. Man. Bring back the posters. I, I love it. I'm here. Give for me it. some more Jake Reed. Yeah, yes. yeah, Jake Reed was an underrated player. Damn it! By the way, Adam mm-hmm. Thielen would be the Jake Reed in this instance. In yes, terms he would. of like, he'd be like he'd be the third mm-hmm. best receiver of the three. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam Thielen probably more of a Chris. Well, no, he's faster than Chris Carter. Um, okay, so let's let's let this play out a couple picks here and just see. We're gonna go two more picks. Okay. I'm guessing Dallas takes. Patrick Sertan, they do. Yep. Okay, the Giants take Jalen Waddle, and so now we've got Eagles on the clock at twelve. We'll click play again. Trey Lance falling is interesting. Okay, J.C. Horn goes to the Eagles. The Chargers will not be taking Trey Lance here because they already have one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL, and so we might as well just resume the draft and see what happens here because the Vikings are going to have Trey Lance on the board at fourteen. All right. I don't know who just went at 13, so we're going to click out of this in a second. Uh, but we're getting multiple trade offers here. Make note of these because we can just offer our own trades back if we want. The Jets are interested in going uh, up the board here. We're going to decline that for a second. The Steelers are interested in going up the board from 24. And the Cardinals are interested in going up a couple of picks from 16. They're offering a six-round pick. We can re-offer trades to them or other teams if we want to. But we're on the clock here. Minnesota Vikings. They took Darisaw. Trey Lance is on the board. Darisaw is off the board. So all three of the top tackles are off the board. Unless Tyler sees the board a different way. Uh, the floor is yours, Tyler. I, I I actually have Rashawn Slater as an interior guy. But I see anybody who wants to play him in tackle, I totally get it. Uh, he manhandled Chase Young. And that's, that's a pretty impressive feat for any offensive lineman. When you take a look at the board, there's a lot of depth. And there isn't uh, that one guy that really stands out at the moment for, hey, I need to take this guy 14, unless you're going to go Trey Lance. Uh, if, if you want to go quarterback here, you take it and run. He's my second best quarterback in this draft. And everything that you saw uh, at North Dakota State was just impressive. The way he is able to run the offense from the line of scrimmage, making uh, audibles, protection checks. Shifting how he wants the offensive line to block. He's just an impressive young man on film. And I was at the Butler game at Target Field, and I remember he threw this one deep ball, dropped it in a bucket in the first quarter, and I knew he was going to be special. And now he's going to be a top 15 pick. 
If you want to go quarterback, you take him and you don't even think twice. If you don't want to go quarterback and you believe in Kirk Cousins or you're just going to have to ride out the Kirk Cousins wave, you trade and you get a haul yep. because somebody's going to overpay to get Trey Lance. So you'd be looking, if you're going to trade here, You're the, by the way, if the draft plays out this way for the Vikings, freaking pop the most expensive bottle of champagne because you're either going to get a potential, and now it's, you know, there's a coin flip chance that Trey Lance would be a bust. You know, let's let's face it. There's there's a, a high volatility factor with any quarterback uh, drafted, but there's like a fifty percent chance he's your quarterback of the future, and he can sit for a year behind Kirk Cousins. Otherwise, you've got the Patriots that would probably. I mean, you could dangle it in front of the Patriots and say, "Listen, we'd love a quarterback of the future. If you want to give us a couple of picks uh, to move up one spot, we can make that happen." Washington at nineteen would be a candidate here. Um, and maybe even a couple other teams. Judd, where would you be at here? Are you just rushing to the phone to draft Trey Lance or what? Personally, I would take, I'd, at 14, I would take Lance. But having covered the Vikings for a long time, I think they bail back. I, I think they 100% with where this team is at right now and people being under pressure to win. And this is, by the way, not the right call, but I think it, it would be their call, Tyler. I think the Vikings mm-hmm. trade back at this point, to your point, too, to get a haul. And the fact is, there are still a lot of players, quality guys left. And if you go back into the 20s, I would not be surprised if the Vikings traded back, got a second-round pick, um, swapped first-round picks, went into the 20s, and took a defensive player. And it would not shock me at all if, if they took a defensive end there. Because quitty pay at 14 is too high. But I think he's a first-round pick, and and I think the Vikings could very much justify taking him at some point in the twenties. So real quick here, before we're gonna we're gonna pull the room as to what we would do if we were in this spot. But boy, this is a situation if you're a business owner where you're gonna want some protection <laughs> and risk management. Okay, you're gonna want to make sure that you have Federated Mutual Insurance Company standing behind you, and they've been around for over a hundred years, <laughs> much longer than the Purple have been around. And they've been helping business owners for that whole time. You can find out how MyShield, the online client destination for risk management tools and risk management um, resources, can help you. Federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. Declan, Trey Lance or trade back? Trey Lance. I have to take Trey Lance. If the quarterback is there, i got to do this. Um, I'm taking the best quarterback available. I'm finding an interior guard somewhere in the middle rounds. Like I, I think I can do this. Give me Trey Lance and, and, and let's start. Let's go. Judd, Trey or trade? <laughs> I take Trey. I take Trey here. They don't. I think it's very I simple. Think t- Tyler is already on the record saying he t- you take Trey, right? I take Trey, but I, I'm also with Judd. The Vikings won't, yeah. and they would trade back and get a haul. So if we want to do this, Sim, based on what we want to do or versus what we think the Vikings will do, that'll decide how we go with this pick. Hmm. Boys, I think I think we have th- this is a mutiny. We have overtaken the Vikings front office, <laughs> and we are thinking about the long term health of the quarterback position, the long term health of the salary cap in 2022-23. I agree on Trey Lance. Sorry, Vikings. We this is no longer what you would do. This is what the four of us are doing. Trey Lance, welcome home. Minnesota Vikings take Trey Lance All right. with the 14th pick. All right, so we're gonna let this thing play out now. If we now here's what I want you guys to look for, Tyler specifically. We've got now that we're running this franchise, we've got a boatload of third and fourth round picks. As we get into the second round, if there are players worth trading up for, 
shout it out like if Christian Barmore is still sitting there as we get into like pick 35, 40, um, we can offer trades. So mm-hmm. I think I think going forward here, now it's sort of about, all right, fill some other needs, obviously, make Mike Zimmer happy. Maybe there's an edge rusher in there, an offensive lineman. But if you make this, if you make this Trey Lance pick, what now? I think there's a lot of different ways you can go. Uh, you can get a starting uh, caliber offensive tackle in round three in this draft, which is remarkable uh, how deep it is. Um, there are quite a few day two edge guys that I really like. And you can get a wide receiver three in like round five. And the nice part about the Vikings wide receiver room is you can kind of get whatever type of receiver you want and just plug him and play because Thielen and Jefferson are so diverse in the roles that they can play on the on the offensive side. And there's this draft is really deep from about 20 to 70. There's a lot of glut guys. There isn't a, a super amount of high-end talent, especially in the defensive side of the ball. But you can get a lot of depth pieces that are going to be really good players on day two. Odds, odds but, that, that Trey Lance falls. What are your? You, I think if he doesn't go at three, yep. Uh, if the Falcons don't take him at four and they go Kyle Pitts, yep. I think there's a chance that Lance could be available at pick eight, pick nine. And I don't think it's that crazy. But that also means Mac Jones has to go three. And I still don't buy it. I, I don't understand why you would take Mac Jones over any of these top four quarterbacks. All right. Yeah. All right. We're going to. So I just I just went through here. Rashad Bateman, by the way, went to the Bears at 20 for people that are wondering. Uh, and the Packers took Northwestern cornerback Greg Newsom the second which may or may not make Aaron Rodgers happy. I don't know. So we're at pick 35 with the Falcons in the second round, and we're going to continue forward here. So this is a four-round simulation. It would be – I think the Vikings are going to look to trade back into the second round because they just have I – mean, they have so many picks in those middle rounds. If they see somebody um, of value, I think it makes sense. But, Tyler, do you think there's anyone as we approach here – you can sort of see who's available, and I'll scroll down a little bit too – as we get into like the late 40s and the 50s, get a couple running backs on the board. I don't know that the Vikings are going to trade up for either one of those guys. You got some edge rushers in the mix here and Greg Russo from Miami. What about Brady Christensen? Is he someone that you could possibly trade up to get in, in the mid-second round there, Tyler? Absolutely. Uh, here's the interesting thing about Brady Christensen. He's 24. You know, He went to BYU. He did a two-year Mormon mission. So he doesn't have two extra years of football like uh, wear and tear on his body but when you talk about contracts <laughs> it's it's really tough because you're drafting a guy who you're going to sign to his second contract at 28 29 years old mm. and then he's never probably getting a third contract so that's something that you have to have to really think about the guy i really wanted to target was peyton turner from houston but he just went at 47 to the chargers okay he is he's got vines for arms and he can play <laughs> he, swim moves he can baby play, <laughs> He played three technique for two years. Uh, he sees himself best as an outside linebacker. Uh, Peyton Turner is my favorite prospect in this class, and he has a motor that runs hotter than anything I've ever seen. Oh, play oh, the sound. Play the sounder. Yeah, play the football sounder. Football, Tyler. Football, wow. You got the motor going and the swim moves. No one can stop you, Tyler. That's the key Love to life. It. Yep. Um, um, when you take a look at this edge group that you have pulled up here, um, I don't like Rousseau. I most of his pressures and sacks came on either unblocked plays or, hey, the quarterback's going to hold the ball for eight seconds and I'm just going to eventually win. He doesn't have any pass rush moves. He doesn't have a plan. If a defensive or offensive lineman blocks him, he 
has no counters. He's just kind of there. And his testing was not good. So where you'd have to draft him, I'm 100% out on Gregory Russo. So these are yeah these are the edge rushers here. I'm also gonna go I'm gonna go um, if I can scroll down here. I don't know if I can. I, I want to see what uh, offensive linemen were available here too because that obviously is still a huge need for the Vikings. Mm-hmm. But like Wyatt Davis, Ohio State on the board. Thoughts on him? He's fine. He's a good player. His 2019 was a lot better than his 2020. 2020 he ended up on the ground a lot. Uh, he's the kind of guy. He's not great at anything, but he's not bad at anything. He's just an overall solid player. I don't think he's the kind of guy you want to trade up for. The offensive lineman I would trade up for is Creed Humphrey. Ooh. Uh, so uh, Kentley okay. Platt, at, at MathBomb on Twitter, he compiles what's called the relative athletic score, where he takes all the athletic testing from every player since 1987 and compiles it and determines who the best overall athlete is. Creed Humphrey at 6'6", 325 is the best center ever with athletic testing. Wow. Hmm. He can play guard. He's got four years of excellent tape at, at Oklahoma. Uh, he is number 12 on my board. I love Creed wow. Humphrey's game. Run blocking okay, so we're, and we're, pass we're, pro? Both? Yes. Because the pass so real pro quick is here, important here. Yeah. We're halfway through the second round. And this is, listen, we have kicked Rick Spielman out of here. We've kicked Mike Zimmer out of here. We are now manning the ship. <laughs> All right. Yep. So let's just see for fun. The Raiders are on the clock. Let's offer them a trade here. Let's see what the Raiders would want for us to move up and draft Creed Humphrey, okay? So we would obviously be uh, getting their 48th pick. Uh, Tyler, what do you think here? If we offer up, and it'll tell us at the bottom of the screen here how likely or not they are to accept the trade. So if we gave them the 78th. I would try 78 and 119 and see where that gets you. Okay, it says very unlikely. Throw in 157. Okay. A 3, 4, and a 5. Still uh, says very like unlikely. It is moving up 30 spots. I just don't want to give up two third-round picks to go all the way up to 48. That's, that's the tough part. Yeah, Probably the key to all getting right, the well, trade let's, done. Let's see what happens. Let's all resume right. for a couple of picks and see what happens. All right. So the Raiders on the clock right now. Okay, Creed Humphrey just went there to the Cardinals. So the there are still dead. there are still good guards that you can get uh, in round three. Um, one guy I really like is uh, David Moore out of Grambling, six one and a half, three thirty five, and he he just buries guys in the football field. And Judd, he's good in pass pro. Yeah, see, <laughs> this is all I want now. Good in pass. I'm tired of run blockers who get blown off the ball in pass pro. All right, we're sitting here, oh, and we're, we're almost to the end of the second round. The Buffalo Bills are looking to trade back here. So they've called us, and they have said, hey, do you want to move up to 61? Yeah, we'll give you a 61 and 93 and take your third round pick. My vision's not good enough to see that. Scroll down. What else are we giving them? Oh, there we go. That makes sense. And then, and then the Vikings also have to give up an additional third and an additional sixth round pick. So the trade That's would be – we're going to click accept that, on that, okay. move up to 61. All right. So well, we give up our two third-round picks. We essentially move up in uh, to round two. So we move up 17 spots to move back three spots in round three and then give up a six. That's an easy win. Okay. And so Brady Christensen, so these are just best players available according to the Draft Network right now. A couple of linebackers and Nick Bolton, Jabril Cox, Brady Christensen, the tackle from BYU. Um 
Anybody else here standing out to you? Quinn, is it Quinn uh, Miners? Quinn Miners. Uh, so when you take a look at this group, it's do you want to uh, get your left tackle or do you want to get a dominant guard? Uh, Quinn Miners tested athletically fantastic. Uh, he only played D3 Wisconsin Whitewater, but when you watch the Senior Bowl, mm-hmm. everything you saw in film translated against an equal competition to uh, like he's a really good player and he needs to uh, tighten up his technique a little bit. He overextends and lunges at times, but he's good in pass pro. Uh, but Brady Christensen was PFF's number one rated tackle in the wow. 2020 college football season. He wasn't playing superior competition, but he did play well against Peyton Turner, who I talked about earlier. I think it, it's really a, a debate. Do you want to take the 24 year old tackle or do you want to take the 22 year old guard and try and get a tackle at 90? Can he play guard? I mean, can, can, can Christensen play guard as well, or, or is he only a tackle? I think he's only a tackle. You could move him inside, like Ezra Cleveland, yeah. but I don't think he, uh, that's where he is uh, going to be su- most successful. I mean, I, I, listen, if <clears throat> we love ourselves some PFF here, if this helps solve the Vikings' offensive line conundrum by bringing in uh, a guy who can play tackle for the next five to eight years, I'm in on Brady Christensen. So, Tyler, if you're ready for it, we'll pull the trigger here yeah. on Brady Christensen. Pull the trigger. Do it. There we go. All right. Vikings have picked up a franchise quarterback of the future that won't be used until 2022 and Brady Christensen. Zimmer just quit. Um, would Christensen <laughs> like Zimmer like just walked Christ- out. <laughs> if Christensen was ready to play in week one, would you have him at left or right tackle to start the season? I, th- I think it really depends what you're playing with Brian O'Neill is. We all know mm-hmm. that he played left tackle at Pitt, yep. but right tackle money is a lot different from left tackle money. And you could, in theory, save about five to six million dollars as far as market value is concerned by keeping O'Neill at right tackle. As far as getting your best starting five, I would probably put O'Neill at left tackle. I, I think Christensen can be successful there, but when you're talking about a team that needs to win now, you want to have your best player at the left tackle spot, and that would be Brian O'Neill. Yeah. Uh, so just to, to update the audience here, we're into the early '80s here, so we're still in the middle of round three. Uh, the next pick for the Vikings is pick 93. I'm sure we're going to get some phone calls here. If you see anybody on the board, like right now, for instance, let me just pause this real quick, okay? So the Vikings are six picks away from uh, from making their next pick here, and the Steelers are on the clock at 87. So according to the Draft Network value board here, is it? Uh, can you pronounce this? This interior defensive lineman from Ohio State named Tommy, is it Tungai? Tungai. Tungai? Yeah. And then of course, and then you have Josh Myers, who is an interior offensive lineman for Ohio State, and I think we picked him in your simulation that I was on climbing the pocket a couple weeks back. So your mm-hmm. thoughts on those two Ohio State meat and potatoes linemen? <laughs> uh, Tungiai is going to be a guy who's who's more of a like one gapper kind of player. I don't think he necessarily fits long term for what this team wants to do. If you're going to draft an interior guy, it needs to be that penetrator, it needs to be that three technique style, and I don't think he fits. Josh Myers, I don't necessarily think is a perfect fit either. Um, kind of looking at the board, uh, I saw Spencer Brown was still available to tackle out of Northern Iowa. And that was kind of my fear is if we didn't get minors, then we'd still have a guy like Brown who uh, tested athletically off the charts. He is, according to the Routes of Athletic Score, the most athletic tackle since 1987. Wow. So the, the Vikings will be in on Spencer Brown in the middle rounds if they don't take one early. So... I don't think there's anybody here that I would desperately want to trade up for. Yeah, kind of looking at the board, there are some good players, but 
I don't want to give up extra capital to go take one. Sure. So we'll resume it here. We'll let these six picks roll off the board and see how it falls to the Vikings. The Packers picking right in front of the Vikings here at 92. Yeah. And uh, the Browns have a couple of picks. All right. So Josh Myers goes to the Rams and Cleveland making its selection in Ben Cleveland from Georgia. And then the Packers taking, yep, there we go, uh, Stone Forsyth from Florida, offensive tackle. Vikings on the clock. So if if the board were to fall like this and the the Vikings just took, um, I guess somewhat surprisingly, a quarterback in the first round and an offensive tackle in with their next pick, I got to think that at the insistence of my head coach, the next pick, Mm -hmm. defense probably, right, and defensive end. Because I'm taking a look at edge rushers right here. Yeah, yeah. he's jo- he's jo- he's been jonesing since free agency started, <laughs> and you struck out for that. So he basically is now saying, if we don't take a guy that can rush off the right edge here, I do quit. I would guess. So th- this has to be that I would imagine. Mm-hmm. So at 93, this is kind of a worst case scenario. The board is not very friendly as far as edge rushers are concerned. Quincy Roche is a great speed rusher, but he is not going to fit that 4-3 mold that Zimmer likes where his pass rushers are more like 260. They can set the edge, play the run really well. I'd say looking at what we've got, the two that really stand out are Jordan Smith from UAB and Ellerson Smith from Northern Iowa. Ellerson Smith, the Minneapolis kid, uh, he's got a lot of tools, but he needs a lot of work. That He's got long arms. He's like 6'5", 265. Jordan Smith is a very similar build. Um, one thing about him that you'd have to vet in meetings is he was a part of that uh, University of Florida credit card scandal in 2017. He was mm-hmm. one of nine kids that were involved in that. So you'd have to make sure that you're comfortable there. Oh, so, he, uh, so, so he's an entrepreneur. He's a business person, you might say. All right. He's yes. A... Don't leave home without it. <laughs> he has interests outside of football. Big red flag. Yeah, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. <laughs> uh, can you scroll down a little bit, see who else might be available? In the, the edge. edge. Ru- yep, for sure. Um, Dio Odiingbo, he is an interesting guy. He would be a top 50 pick, but he tore his Achilles a week before the senior bowl. Oof. So if he's available in round, round four, that's somebody I would want to take. Cameron Sample is a hybrid guy. I know Doogie tweeted about him yesterday. Uh, he does not have the, the height and length that the Vikings look for, but he's 268. He can play inside and outside as far as pass rushdowns, and he's got a motor. He he came into the senior bowl as an injury replacement and really kind of took over as far as the defensive lineman were concerned. I like him at this spot, but if with what the Vikings like to do and we're prioritizing high upside pass rushers, I'm going with Jordan Smith from UAB. Uh, he was a four-star recruit. He got ta- he got recruited by the University of Florida and went there. He's a high upside athlete. He's got length. Give him to Andre Patterson. Let's see if he can make some more magic. Let's do it. I mean, the Vikings, yeah, the Vikings have had a lot of success. I mean, Daniel Hunter was a third-round pick, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Everson Griffin was a mid-round pick with off-the-field issues, and they have developed, developed, developed. So Jordan Smith is our pick here, running the Vikings front office. As we get closer to pick 100 here, um, so to this point, to recap, what a draft so far. So. Mm-hmm. The first pick, Trey Lance falls to 14. Vikings pull the trigger. Brady Christensen, the tackle from BYU, and then Jordan Smith, edge rusher from UAB. On the Trey Lance thing, just to go back there for a second, I'm sure they're planning for all these scenarios, but I would love to be a fly on the wall for what Mike Zimmer's thoughts would be on it. I think I think Rick Spielman comes at it from a practical perspective and a cap perspective, thinking, I mean, come on. you know, Kirk Cousins is the third highest paid quarterback in the league. 
to the cap this year. He's going to be second, only behind Matt Ryan next year. Um, so it's just an elephant in the room contract. He's a good player, but it's preventing us from building out a great roster. So let's just let's let's get out from underneath that. Mike Zimmer's probably thinking, well, if we're only going to have one pick in the first seventy odd picks, and this will pause automatically when it gets to the Vikings at one nineteen here. So we're we're good. Um, we're on the clock again here. Um, Mike Zimmer is probably thinking, well, if we don't use that resource on something that can help me in 2021, then I'm going to get fired. <laughs> so uh, the, the dynamic in the room would be so interesting. What do you guys think? Tyler, go ahead. No, 100%. I think it, these guys, I think, are trying to save their jobs to a point. Obviously, we've heard that the Wolves kind of want sustained success and they don't want to have a lot of turnover. But if you if you would go into this year and you start one and five again, I just don't see how you can justify keeping at, at least Zimmer around. Um, Spielman, you can probably make the same case that he needs to go to. But if you are going to ch- turn over your head coach, your GM, and your quarterback, realistically, you're going to hit one out of the three, maybe two if you're lucky. So you, you got to be really careful when you do a full turnover if that ends up being the case. It's tough because you got to plan for the future, but you got to plan for now. If Lance is sitting there and Cousins starts to stink, you throw him in there and yeah. you just see what happens. And maybe he can be that spark. And the, the problem, in my opinion, as well, and th- this is a detriment about Cousins, <laughs> is if Cousins starts to struggle and and fans and media start, start to call for Lance, which they inevitably would do if Kirk gets off to a bad start, which, by the way, Kirk gets off to bad starts. That that would not be breaking news. Is Kirk, how he's wired mentally, I don't think would handle it well. Like, I don't know that that would help him thrive. I mean, the, the Vikings, since the day that they signed uh, Kirk, have purposely gone out and gotten backup QBs like Mannion. Why? Because he's zero threat, right? So mm-hmm. the, the problem here is... is Theoretically, if you got Trey Lance, that should like help Kirk. Like, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to show you. I don't know that it does. That's what the Vikings are a very convoluted, tough team to try and figure out because there's a lot of moving parts here. But I go back to what you said, which is this I really think, just from trying to put the tea leaves together, that this team is invested in trying to win right now which is why I do believe that that first-round pick is going to be a guy, right or wrong, that the Vikings perceive to be an impact guy for 2021 that's going to help Zimmer, Spielman, Cousins, etc., as opposed to, as opposed to, oh, my God, this quarterback fell to us. It might be a good idea to take this guy because if he develops, it solves a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to reset here, so Vikings on the clock at 119, and then we also have pick 125. What positions are you interested in here, boys? I mean, cornerback is always in the mix, especially with yep. what happened with Jeff Gladney off the field. Um, Robert Rochelle from Central Arkansas. Uh, who are some names that you think we should be looking at here with the next couple of picks, Tyler? Let, let's talk about Kendrick Green, the interior offensive lineman from Illinois. The fact that he's still on the board right now uh, is really, really good for the Vikings. He, he is the prototype interior offensive lineman that the Vikings look for. But unlike most of the Vikings' offensive linemen that they end up getting, he's actually a pretty strong and violent player on the inside, and he's a hyper-athlete. So 
I, you can plug him in the left guard, Football! and uh, he can also play center. So if Garrett Bradbury ends up flaming out and you just get, <laughs> he's just not a playable player anymore, you can put him in at center. And I think Kendra Green's probably going to go around three. Uh, he's going to be a target for zone uh, blocking schemes. Let's but, do it. I'm in. I, any it. objections to no, that's good. Uh, to that no, profile? No, of an are you kidding? Line? Offensive line? <laughs> no, keep going. No, let's take go, all we're offensive running to the line, draft man. board. All right, so Kendrick Green is the pick at 119. A few more picks coming off the board right now, uh, including the Patriots drafting quarterback Jamie Newman from Georgia with their latest pick, and the Vikings back on the clock at 125. Let's scroll right. through the options here. Cornerback uh, might be a play. On the board. Jacoby might Stevens, a a safety well. from LSU. Zimmer mm-hmm. always looking for safeties of the yeah. future. And, um, yeah, there's... Sean Wade, Ohio State, is a cornerback that's available right now. Trey Brown and Radarius Williams, Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, available. And then Keith Taylor Jr., also available. Mm-hmm. Wide receivers, I wouldn't rule wide receivers out in this uh, in this draft either for the Vikings. No, I, I wouldn't rule out wide receiver either. Uh, and one of the interesting parts about kind of the middle round guys, there's, there, there's a buffet of options. You can really mm-hmm. take... Uh, somebody who pl- who does just about anything. Uh, guy in the mid rounds to watch for is Anthony Schwartz, uh, Auburn receiver, has Olympic sprinter type speed. I think he ran the hundred meters in like ten point one seconds. Incredibly misused at Auburn because his quarterback Bo Nix is really really bad. <laughs> can he catch? Like, can he catch the ball? Speedster scares us. Yes, he can. He can catch the ball. He does t- not have vision issues. Troy yet. Williams, and he's not. He's not going to the it. Nike camp. Let's no. do it here. Let's take. I, I love it. Let's take and for time purposes too here. Let's we'll take Anthony Schwartz with right. pick one twenty five, and then we have pick one thirty four coming up as well. So to this point, uh, we have Trey Lance, quarterback Brady Christensen, offensive tackle from BYU, trading up into the second round. Jordan Smith, edge rusher. Kendrick Green, interior offensive line, and Anthony Schwartz, burner receiver. And that brings us to pick 134. You're going defensive back here, right? Pick here. Um, I want to take a look at the board because when you're talking round four, this is where you can really take advantage of guys who fall. And what, when I take a look at the board, you've got Deo, who we talked about. Uh, he's got high upside, but he has that Achilles tear that, that he's relatively fresh. Mm-hmm. Two of my favorite players in the class, Kylan Hill, Deontay Smith, are both still available. Smith is a guy you could draft, and he could be your sixth offensive lineman right away. He can play both tackle spots. He can move inside and play both guard spots. And I just, I love the kid. Uh, Patrick Jones, he's weird because he's tall, he's long, and he's got some juice, but he's just not a good football player. Uh, David Moore, as I was talking about earlier, has that really fun body type and just throws people around like he's in a professional wrestling ring. Love it. Oh, yeah. I'm in. Filling that. Ade Takumbo. All in. Yeah. David Moore. David Moore. Get right. another big Make boy. All right. All right. Let's go here. David Moore, the uh, interior offensive lineman from Grambling, is our pick at 134. And then uh, we'll wait to see here toward the end of this fourth round. Pick 143. I think if Achilles tendon guy is still on the board here, we might as well take a flyer on Deo that, here. Fourth round is is kind of a, a weird place in the draft. Oh, oh there he, he just went to the Steelers. Three picks in front of us. So... Fourth round, you're taking one of three types of players. You're taking high production, limited athletic upside, high athletic upside, limited production, 
or big time red flag, whether it be injury off field. And I mean, that's how the Vikings end up getting Ray Edwards back in the mid two thousands. And then they were able to pair him with Jared Allen for the 2009 run. And you're able to find kind of diamonds in the rough there. And so this is it. Pick 143. Uh, Tyler, you're scouring these players here and positions of need. Uh, I still think, you know, I agree. I don't think you're hyper-focused on positions as much. It's probably more Mm -hmm. on the things you just mentioned. But cornerback and safety are definitely going to be addressed from a depth standpoint at some point. So does anyone pop out here? Keith Taylor Jr., Ambry Thomas, James Wiggins. I like James Wiggins quite a bit. Safety out of uh, uh, Cincinnati. Tore his ACL in 2019. But he's he's got that uh, really elite aesthetic. Like you remember watching college football in the mid-90s. They got that uh, that back pad just flapping around. Oh, I love the back yes. pad. I love the back pad. Oh, talk to me about the back pad. Yes. Neck rolls, back pads. Yeah. So... Wiggins is a, is a really, really good athlete. He runs downhill and he's aggressive, uh, needs some work in technique, but he, he can be afforded the time to learn with uh, Xavier Woods and Harrison Smith. And with Harrison Smith really transitioning into his career where his athleticism, which wasn't n- never his strongest suit, it's going to start to even taper down more. You can put James Wiggins on the back end and then let Harrison Smith play that riverboat gambler like he loves to do. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right, James Wiggins, come on down. Mike Zimmer making him happy here in the middle rounds, and the Chiefs will finalize the fourth round. So our four-round mock simulation here, this is just a summary again. Trey Lance, quarterback, North Dakota State with the 14th pick, trading back up into the second round to get Brady Christensen, tackle from BYU, offensive tackle. Jordan Smith, edge rusher, UAB with the 93rd pick. Kendrick Green, interior offensive line from Illinois. Anthony Schwartz, burner wide receiver from Auburn. David Moore, interior offensive line from Grambling. And James Wiggins, a safety from Cincinnati. So three offensive linemen in the first, let's see here, six picks for the Vikings and a quarterback of the future. I would not complain if this is how the draft played out. Uh, Your guys' quick thoughts. We'll start with Judd. The quarterback won't be taken, but I love this. Yeah. I love the thought of the Vikings maybe even sacrificing the short term for the long-term gain of possibly solving a problem in this town that has been a problem essentially since Tarkington left. After the 1978 season, uh, I I think the fan base would be very excited to at least feel that they had a QB of the future. Unfortunately, as I said before, the problem is this. I think your current starting QB would melt, melt down completely in every way, shape, and form if Trey Lance got taken. But personally, I like this draft. Dex, what about you? I love the idea of this draft. So you find your future quarterback in the first-round pick. You're not wasting significant draft cap on offensive linemen. You're still walking with multiple offensive linemen in the first, what, three rounds of this draft? Mm-hmm. Or four rounds or whatever. That is a win. So, like, I think this would be, to me... I'm giving this an A-plus draft. I think this would wow, be my wow. dream scenario if this takes place yeah, no, next week. No, it's no such thing as A-pluses. It's wow, A-plus. Declan going A-plus, A-plus here. This A-plus. Life, uh, and, no A-pluses. And, and Tyler, your final thoughts on this draft through four rounds. Like, I, I really like this draft. I, I'm with Judd. I don't think it's realistic in the fact that <laughs> I, I just don't see the Vikings taking a quarterback in round one. But if they do and getting Lance, I think is an absolute home run. 
Um, my brand of guards don't matter is thriving, taking guys on day two and day three. Yes. Because you just need average to above average players and don't need to spend high capital on them. I think we accomplished that. Brady Christensen can play day one, and you can d- decide how you want to maneuver with him and Brian O'Neill. Jordan Smith, high upside pass rusher. That's still a bigger weakness than I would like, uh, but you can manufacture pressure, and especially with the defense going to be fully uh, healthy in theory this year. Uh, and then you just you just got brand guys for me. David Moore, I absolutely love, and he he's going to win people over just, just with his physicality on the inside. Anthony Schwartz is fun, and if the Vikings can figure out how to use him, like he can do what Jalen Waddle can and really stretch the defense vertically, and he can be like the discount version of 3D. Love it. Love it. That's Give me awesome. some discount 3D, baby. I want a mock. Mock. There it is, boys. Uh, this mock draft sim, four rounds, presented also in part by our friends at Whamatech. Uh, they can't help you with your broken down left side of the offensive line, but they can help you with your broken down phone, tablet, or laptop. Whamatech is a trusted supplier of pre-owned phones, tablets, laptops. They source their own devices directly and pass the savings on to you guys. And every device they sell is tech certified and comes with a warranty. Buy, sell, trade in, whatever you need. Whamatech.com, local company, W-A-M-A-T-E-K.com. I need a smoke and a pancake after, after that. That was great. Tyler, thanks for coming on. Tell people who are watching here on Purple Daily where they can find your work uh, as part of the Climbing the Pocket Network. Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at The Real Forno. Uh, I have been releasing uh, videos every day. And one just released about 10 minutes ago, breaking down my top five edge rushers mm-hmm. in this class. Uh, you can also find me doing some YouTube stuff uh, for blue chip scouting. And it, I know you're a wrestling fan. So I also write for voices of wrestling as well on occasion. Yeah, and uh, come, come find me on Twitter. I, I love discussing with people who aren't jackasses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. All right. Uh, we'll get awesome Tyler stuff. on again at Thank some you. point. And, uh, and we love that he, he raised the knowledge level of this show big time today. And thanks to everyone who has hung out with us on a daily basis leading up to this draft. Daily Vikings Entertainment here on Purple Daily. Mackie and Judd, executive, executive producer, Declan Goff. We'll see you guys tomorrow.